Podcast, the Retirement Domination Life After Work Podcast with Tom Jacobs and Michelle McCormick. It's Tom Jacobs with Michelle McCormick and our special guest today. Hi, David Dyer. Hello, everybody. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Tom. Hello, Dave. Dave is a national comic. He happens to be from our town. Mm-hmm. He travels all over. You've done a lot. You've opened for people. You got to meet a lot of great comics. You got to work with a lot of great comedians. I have, yeah. It's It's been uh, a wonderful career. You know, I, I could have gone to New York, could have gone to L.A., but we chose to stay here and raise the kids, so you're going to have some sacrifices when you do that, but I still had some great opportunities working with some wonderful people. Yeah, yeah, you've traveled all over with your comic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is where you'd be funny. Oh, this is where I'm going to be funny. Okay. No. Well, no, no, no. It's a, hey, cue hey, him. Do cue something him. funny. Here, the funny guy. Dance, monkey. No, but Tom, you guys are actually from uh, almost the same the same side of town, the same area, and I feel like you probably had a, a parallel childhoods and that you grew up the same way. And we've talked to Tom about he has a love for fishing. He has uh, played sports in West Michigan. I wanted to get you two together because you have some great stories. Tom is a great storyteller. Tom had a great childhood, and he grew up with a great dad. And you have the stories about your dad. Your yeah. dad was a dentist here in our town. My dad was a dentist in Grand Rapids. He was a wonderful guy. He was, uh, I'm the youngest of four boys. And so we also owned a 10 acre apple orchard and he used to direct us out there and he'd whistle at us. Not songs. You know how they whistle it? Come on. Move along. Get your ass over here. Yeah, exactly. He would, uh, you know, that's, uh, we said that the language he spoke was whistlish. It was like a hybrid of whistling in English. Listen, there's a pile of wood up on the hill. I want you to grab the wheelbarrow. Head up there. I want you to grab me maybe a three or four logs. Bring them here. Let me check them over. Put them behind the house. Come back up here. I got some more stuff for you to do. My brothers and I were like border collies, you know, every time we whistled, we're changing direction, flanking loud. Oh, we go right now. Back. Steady. I can picture it. Yeah. Easy. Bring around. Yeah, because you grew up with your brother. You grew up with all boys, mm-hmm. right? And I think boys are closer to their dads. I think so. Yeah. But your dad worked. He was actually, he was a dentist. And I just so happened to grow up, I went to the dentist next to your dad. Mm-hmm. So I would have to, when my dentist wasn't able, I would go to your dad. I'm filling in today. For dentistry, which over. there's a lot of dental, I'm filling in today. Yeah. That's dental healing. People would always ask my dad, how's your business? You're a little bit in the grind. A little down in the grind. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Ooh. Come on, yeah. Tom's dad, uh, they fished a lot together. We sure did. Yeah, we ran charters out on Lake Michigan for almost 40 years. And the reason Tom got into the business, got into this business, was because he found out in his parents' retirement, they lost half of their money. In a very short period of time. Yeah. Just got some terrible, terrible advice, and away it went. So being so close to your dad, you went, and tell him your story quick, just about going and talking to your dad and finding out what happened. So one of the coolest things in my life is the fact that I get to have dinner with my folks, and I've been doing that for as long as I can remember, and vividly, like it was yesterday, I can remember walking into my parents' condo, and immediately, you could just sense something's not right. Um, I don't know what that is. I'm asking over and over, hey, what's happening? How can I help you? Blah, blah, blah. Tommy, don't worry. Everything's fine. Sit mm-hmm. down, eat your meatloaf. Week after week after week after week, this is going on. So finally, one Sunday, I noticed my dad's getting up. He's going to the garage, and I decided, aha, here's my chance. I follow him to the garage, and here it comes. Hey, Tommy, your mother and I cannot tell you how much we appreciate your concern and your asking, and I feel horrible. I haven't told you what's up, and really was hoping we were never going to have this conversation, but here's the deal. Mom and I have lost almost 50% of everything we have saved our entire <laughs> life, and we are scared. And oh my gosh, the hair on the back of my neck, it's standing straight up, just like it was that afternoon in the 
in the garage with my dad. It just was absurd to me how someone that is retired um, can get advice that allows them to have the opportunity to lose half of their money uh. in six months. I mean, it's just yeah. crazy. And at that point, you become almost like the parent. Like you take care, you want to take care of your parents at that point. Yeah, I'm just freaked out and in trying to find a solution. So, you know, I, my quest then for the next six months is, A, how is this possible? And what can we do to prevent this from happening to other families? Yeah, and you, Dave, took care of your dad later mm-hmm. in his life too, yep. right? Yes, we did, yeah. We took the last eight months of his life, he was sick and he lived with us. Um, mm. But when he passed away, uh, we were talking a little bit th- about this before the podcast. It was, an, it was an incredibly complex situation, the whole dealing with... With, with an inheritance and all kinds of stuff uh, after the death of a parent is tremendously overwhelming. It, it's, it's very, very complicated. We also talked about when he passed away, the estate taxes were completely different to where the federal federal gov- government take a, took a humongous chunk of the inheritance. Ugh. And that now, those limits on what they can do have been extended uh, greatly to where you're protected much more now. But back then, I mean, it was, it was literally probably of the entire state close to half of it, the federal government. Wow. Government. And your dad... Yeah. Being a dentist worked hard his entire yep, life, and yep, you have four boys, yeah. and so he he worked hard to leave. And your parents wanted to have fun with their grandkids. My mom and dad, when they retired, I mean, they were game on. I mean, trips, travel, grandkids, and, Woo, and right. as the market started to tank, they realized, oh my goodness, we better stop nipping on these IRAs. To your point, when bad things happen. Most people are not prepared for that. And Mm -hmm. I would say 70% of the people that we get to visit with, they just simply don't have an estate plan. If they do, it hasn't been updated. And it's just so important. And and we really pound this at our our live events. And I I encourage people to think, when you pass away and then your spouse passes away, here's what's going to happen. Your family's coming over and now they're rummaging through your stuff trying to find the money. And why we do such a horrible job communicating is beyond me. But And and I, I tell people, we are so uniquely well qualified to help families during those awful times because of the relationships we have with our clients. And I remind people, if your money's not with us, and and let's say the family comes over, they rummage through the stuff, they find your TD Ameritrade statement, well, who are they calling? They're calling a call center. And that call center might not even be in the United States. Right. Jacob's (laughs) Financial is a better deal because we are so well positioned to serve families through all those complex issues, to your point. I mean, it's crazy, all of the moving parts. And the thing that's difficult, and I don't want to throw the family unit under the bus, but oh, I'll tell ahead. you what, not, no, nothing shows the true colors of some of your family members like when a parent passes away. So that is that is even more justification to find a way to make sure everything's protected and everything's organized and everything's in line because, boy, you exactly like you said, you will get people hovering overhead, what's available, what's going on. What am I getting? Is, me, me, me. Yeah. It is exactly not right. a delightful situation. It is not. And if you can be prepared and you have a plan. You can just take all of that stuff off the table. I don't know how to say it, but you can make the best out of a horrible situation Mm -hmm. if you're prepared. My mom had that. She had a brain injury a few years back. Now it's been four years ago now and it was awful. We all just, there's five of us kids and we all looked at each other and went, we haven't even thought about it. My parents are in their eighties and you don't want to think about that, Mm -hmm. but you have to. And it's, it's the best thing. And they thought about it, but they, it's not like they have a ton of money. They don't still, they have their house, they have their stuff. And I remember I was telling Tom, Dave, that I talked to somebody for some help in the 
I wanted $38,000 up front just to take care just of my parents. They don't even, I don't even know if they have that. It's not even, you know. Yeah. My wife is dealing with some stuff with with my mother-in-law. She has dementia and she, she's doing okay, but she, it's progressing. It's something that's going to continue to progress. And there was a situation with some attorneys um, that my brother-in-law and my wife had to pay this attorney like $600 for them to just basically go, well, we can't help you. Yeah. <gasps> for them to analyze something and then tell you, we, we can't help you. You're not an attorney. <laughs> like, that's not what you, but you do help with estate planning. We do. And we have great referral partners that yep. we send our clients to. We help clients that just need the basic stuff. We provide them the tools they need to do a will and a trust mm-hmm. and a, you know, a medical directive. And, and we don't charge for that because we realize it's just so darn important. Mm-hmm. You know, we can protect their money, but they need to protect their legacy. And a lot of times they don't take that next step. So we just kind of nudge them along and give them the tools to be able to get that done. Well, and not only did you, did your dad live with you? You mm-hmm. literally took care of him. We did. Though. He, was, he was terminally ill. Yeah. And we knew, you know, he, he had X amount of time to live. So with uh, assistance from hospice, he lived with us. He actually went to an assisted living facility and he was, he was 68 years old and everybody there was 15, 20 years older than him. And, and day one, he was like, uh, this is horrible. Did and you did you find hospice to be unbelievable? They were helpful? phenomenal. His oh, his amazing. nurse was this woman named Michelle, and she was just the best. That's a good name. And it's amazing how in tune with what's going on those people are because she she was able just by his health and what was happening on, and she she was just very upfront with us. And there was a point where she said he's probably going to pass this week. She could just tell oh. by what was going on, and she and three days later he passed away. We had that same experience. Yep, they were fantastic. I tell people. People don't hold off on calling hospice. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the biggest mistakes families make. Uh, really? Just, I just can't even tell you how helpful they are. Yep. Um, unbelievable. You had an issue, though, with him passing away in the funeral. There was an issue with your dad. We did. We had an issue with, you know, be, because he lived in our house, you know, he, he was very appreciative of it, but he uh, he wandered around a lot and he uh, touched a lot of my stuff. And so, you know, <laughs> there's a point where you have to discipline him. And actually, the day before he passed away, um, I grounded him. <laughs> And my family said, we would like to have the funeral Tuesday. And I said, well, he's not going anywhere till Friday. <laughs> so. I'm at that stage with my parents right now. I had my dad yesterday at the ER. He fell mm-hmm. and uh, he is driving still, which, by the way, I'm talking to them. My mom's FaceTiming while my dad's driving. And she goes, oh, somebody fell off their bike. I go, wait, did they fall off their bike or did dad just clip them? Like, what happened? <laughs> so my dad is 90. He's still driving. He gets in the house yesterday. I'm talking to my mom and he goes, oh, I fell. Like, what do you mean you fell? I tripped over Lee's damn hose. What were you doing? I was going to the bathroom in his garage. I go, what are you doing walking in people's garage? You're 90. Does he know you're there? Does he? Yeah. What's I mean, he doing going to the bathroom in somebody's garage? Thank you. That's what I said. He goes, well, he has a John in his garage. I go, I don't even want to know. But yeah. so I took him to the ER to get the x-ray and I said, do you want a wheelchair? I'm wheeling you in. Get in. I'm wheeling you in the, all right. So he gets in the wheelchair. Well, now he's directing me and he's no, I'm not, no turn back me up back. No, Put the brakes on. No, back it up. No, don't put. And I want, I said to the lady, is there a cliff? I could just wheel him off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I just, so I get it. It's to the point where it's, I feel like I'm now the adult oh, yeah. care of the parents. Yep. But we, would you imagine that we still are having, we're in conversations. My dad's 90, my mom's 87. She's had a brain injury. They're still in their home. We're still going around about some stuff and we still want to make sure everything's protected. And if, if you talk about your inheritance, that you got an inheritance from your dad yep. that you said that got you on the taxes, if I never thought about it. I like my retirement, my money that I've worked my whole life for is sitting in a 401k yeah. and I'm going to retire in, in a couple of years. 
Bruce Knockwood or whatever. And you think, oh, that 401k, because it, it's but it's not the best idea because you, you can lose right. it too. Right. And and you know, the difficult thing was that the, where we came into a lot of situations like I was talking about before, and Tom, I don't even know if this is something you guys deal with, but it wasn't so much the fund. I mean, the funds are what they are, and, and, and the law drives what's going to happen with those. But the assets and stuff like that, the house and everything like that, that's where when I talk about people showing their true colors, that's where that really comes out about what should be done with things and what should, you know, that those things were yeah. really difficult. Well, if there's cash, though, sitting in an account, too, it, it, it's silly to leave it in the market. It just is. Well, you know, we just simply believe as you get older, it's very important to take less risk simply because you have less time to recover. So, Michelle, you're planned to retire in a couple of years. Yeah. Well, let's just say the market continues to perform yeah. poorly. Two years from now, you might have 30% less than you have today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you don't have the time to get it back. So, it's just so important to reposition, put money in safe spots where you can't lose it. You know, if, if we're sitting here and we're 20 and 30 and 40, balls in the market. Let's go. I mean, we got the time to weather the storm, to go up and down. But as we approach retirement, if we're already retired, now we're not contributing. And oftentimes we're taking money out. And the scariest part of retirement mm -hmm. is the deaccumulation phase. That is the scariest part of retirement. And people don't think about it. Explain that. Deaccumulation, meaning you've saved all this money in your 401k. You're going to retire. Yeah. You want to use that money now to live on. So we're taking money out. We're deaccumulating. We're not up accumulating. We're deaccumulating. Yeah. Nothing's going in. Yeah, nothing's going in. And what if what if the market's going down, Thanks. you're taking money out of the account, we can run out of money pretty darn fast. Yeah. And this is why um, I'm about to talk to Tom about my stuff. I mean, we're gonna, I'm going to move my stuff out of 401k. You put it in a little resting place, right? And then if you put it in a place where it will never lose, it's not a big sexy thing. You don't get high, high, low, lows, but you never lose. You get nice highs and you can live off it and you won't lose it. And the money that's generated from that product is guaranteed guaranteed for the rest of your life. doesn't matter how long you live. It's an insurance product oh, see. as opposed to a securities product. That's that's the big difference. Yeah. And so that's what we tell people if they have money. Tom tells people if you have money sitting in account playing the market, it's just silly. If you're ready to retire and well, stop working. The average 401k in the United States is down 18.6% today. I believe we're in a bear market and the market's going to continue to go down. And what happens is we have these good times. It's called a bear market rally. Mm -hmm. Very deceptive, very deceiving. People are like, oh, Oh my gosh, everything's okay. We hit the bottom. And then all of a sudden, wham, we take this another huge leg down. And then all of a sudden, the market comes back a little bit for a couple days, a couple weeks. We're okay. And then wham. So my yeah. parents took five legs down. And finally, shoot, we can't take it anymore. Well, they had just lost 50% of mm -hmm. everything they'd saved for 42 years. Uh -huh. It's a nasty, deceptive, you can't win play in the market. But it was out of the love for your parents that you scrambled to figure out what, how can I, this not happen to me or anybody else. That's exactly right. And you know, the financial community is just simply going to tell you, keep your money invested, let it ride. It's just a paper loss. Everybody loses money. Sometimes the market will come back. Don't worry about the fees. That is a hundred percent garbage. The market will come back. But what if it takes 15 years Yeah, and you're retiring on Thursday? Yeah. You don't have the time. And that's, wow. why, and that's why our clients are folks that are approaching or they have already retired. <laughs> now, Dave, your dad... He had a disease called amyloidosis. Yeah. And when he was diagnosed at the age of 60, he was given three years. Wow. And he actually lived eight. And a lot of it was because he kept himself in very good shape. He walked a lot and stuff like that. But um, uh, 
But yeah, he knew it at 60, he had a disease that there was no cure for him. It's, it's one of those things that they can treat the symptoms, but they can't cure it. And it's also one of those diseases that you don't actually die from amyloidosis. You cause from the thing, you die from the things that it causes. Yeah. That's what he, he, he passed away from. So it's a tough thing. We're all at that age where, you know, we start losing the parents mm-hmm. and we have to start railing with the family. Where did you end up with your family members? Are you... Are I mean, we good? Are you good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. You know, it took some time. It Oof. took some time. There was a couple squabbles, and there were some, some angry feelings for many years. But 14 years later, we're, everybody's, everybody's good. Time heals all wounds. Yep. Yeah, wounds heal all time. No, time heals all wounds. Yep. So now you are, you're got to be... I mean, I know... I'm 54. I know this cute little comedy thing. <laughs> this <laughs> little hobby of yours. <laughs> this is a hobby that you have. I mean, you... Wait a minute. I'm 54, too. Yeah. Are you really? There you go. <laughs> you guys. I'm the old... I'm old. I'm 58. How, am I, how old am I? Travis, you're supposed to pay attention to my age. I'm 50. We've got... Sorry. The producer usually... T- She's 70. No, if I'm... I'm born in 64. How old am I? Well, I was 68, so... Yeah, 58. Probably 58. I'll be 59 in November then. Oh, boy, boy, nobody needs Tom more than you, obviously. Well, it's the truth. And I, But I mean, are you... I know you took up another career. You, yeah. This comedy thing, because you could sock some money away with the comedy sure. thing. Some little, you know, yeah. sure. Some, but also, you're now a firefighter. Right. Do they have a good... We do. We have a pretty good retirement program there. What yeah. they, what's... Um, um, it's through like, Lincoln Financial. But how many years do you put in? Like, how many years will you put in before you'll... When are you going to retire? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, that, there's a lot of factors that are going to help determine that. You know, uh, there's there's stuff going on with the comedy that if that, you know... Uh, I'll never stop doing comedy. How about that? Something creative. <laughs> That's something I never have to okay. give up. But as far as the fire service, um, I think it's one of those things, if you talk to a lot of people, and when I feel like I'm more of a liability on the fire scene than sure. an asset, eh, maybe it's Can you that. still carry? your body oh yeah yeah you can. Sure I can. I keep myself in good shape. What do you do when you got a 400-pound fatty? How do you, how do you carry well, that? you hope there's two or three people with you. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have, and now this is this is going to sound horrible, but it's true. We actually have a thing that we use that we have them on the fire trucks and the ambulances have them. They're God, called the Mega Mover. That's what I'm going to need. I the, swear to God. They're I'm called the Mega Mover, the and it's a, it's a big Kevlar tarp, and it has handles all around the outside, and you get... You get patients who need that on there and usually have four, five, even six people around them, and that's how you get them out. Well, so there is a way. You're saying you start when you get older. He said you shouldn't think of do my high school jeans. Oh, your what? fitness, your fitness mm-hmm. requirements. From being in the fire service, I, I've changed my mindset on what people should really work on. It's forget your mile time, forget trying to fit into those Levi's from high school. Ask yourself, how many people would it take to get me out of a burning building? <laughs> and your goal should be two. Because <laughs> that's initially what we're going in with, just two people. <laughs> so. Oh, but have you, you, have you had an instance where... Like, have you been, have you pulled people out of fires? I have not. I mean, I've been in several fires, especially when I worked at Muskegon. Um, But I have, and luckily, I've never had to pull somebody out. Now, we train for it constantly. We train all the time for it. But I have never had a situation where I had to pull somebody out. What about animals? We've gotten a lot of animals out. Yep. And and, and I've, I've never been in a fire where we have uh, one of them's died. We've gotten them out. We actually have on the truck, we have pet masks for our oxygen tanks that like fit over their whole face. 
And we uh, we had a fire that we worked with Plainfield a few months back, and they had a cat that didn't look like it was going to make it, and we put a pet mask on it. They ran her to the emergency room, uh, to the emergency vet hospital, and she went home the next day. Fantastic. I haven't saved any humans, but I have saved a feline. Saved a lot of cats. <laughs> yeah. So. so, Dave, if we want to come see you perform. I have a website, daviddyercomedy.com. You can go there. It's got my tour schedule on there and tells everywhere I'm, where I'm going to be. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Comedy. D-Y-E-R comedy. So you can keep tabs on Dave. And you have to go to one of his shows, Tom. You I'm in. Do. And in turn, Dave, you have to go to one of Tom's shows. Yes, I'd love to. Tom buys dinner for people, and you can come and you can listen to uh, his seminar on what to do with money. But it's at Ruth's Chris. <laughs> I believe I just got uh, an invitation in the mail today, actually. Probably did. Yes, I did. We send them all the time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we would love to have you. That would be kind of fun. That'd be great. Love to. All right. All right. So thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We need to know if we're doing it right. Leave a review and make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Jacobs Financial Services offers insurance and annuity products. All guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing company. We do not provide investment tax or legal advice and are not affiliated with any government agency.